Welcome to the Tea with Brie. I'm your host, Brie. Thanks for listening. The Tea with Brie podcast is focused on deep, honest, and vulnerable conversation. Each week, I sit down with a different guest in order to have those conversations. Each week, we'll start with my guest's bio, an intro to how we know each other, and then we'll go into a deep dive conversation about whatever topic it is they bought to me that week. First things first, welcome back after a month-long hiatus. I know I put out my just tea with Brie last week, um, but that was from February. Now we're back in the studio, and by studio I mean my kitchen table, recording on Zoom because I do not know when the Capital Factory studio will be opening back up um, in light of COVID. Um, so my thoughts and support are with everyone who is affected by that, and a thank you to all those workers who have to still be out there helping to make sure that we can still survive. So here we are. This week, I am joined by my guest, Liz Johnson. Liz Williams Johnson. I'm hyphenating her name because she was Liz Williams before she was Liz Johnson. I refuse to acknowledge this. Liz, who uses she, her pronouns, grew up in West Haven, Connecticut for the majority of her life. Liz is a lifelong athlete. She played basketball from the age of nine up until 21. Liz attended Albertus Magnus College, which is where she met me, and that's where the fun really began. Liz graduated in 2012 and started traveling literally the day after graduating. After seeing the sites, she was offered a position in Baltimore, Maryland as a youth community mediator, helping to divert youth from entering the criminal justice system. She noticed that the majority of the mediations centered around black and brown youth and wanted to make a bigger impact. She started volunteering with local youth mentoring agencies and worked part-time teaching inner-city kids how to snowboard. Liz started working in Washington, D.C. as a community support counselor, where her main focus was to bridge the gap between at-risk youth and families to resources such as parenting classes, family counseling, and mental health management. While in D.C., Liz got engaged to Andrew. During their engagement, Liz moved to Texas with Andrew, thus starting hashtag the adventures of A&E. Liz has moved a lot, which has only expanded her awareness on the adversities of the Black and Brown communities. Liz plans to open a facility where families and individuals are able to have safe space to educate themselves, to help break generational curses and heal from generational trauma. Liz is currently working her dream job as a parole officer for the state of Texas. When she's not laying down the law, she's a mom to two cute kids and an avid crafter. How come I didn't know you snowboarded? Really? I feel like I don't even know you. Been friends since we were 18, 12 years (laughs) and I know nothing. Oh my God. Yeah, no, I, we, mm-hmm. and I got Andrew to do it too. So he loves snowboarding. Girl. I have never been on like skis or snowboard. Like not, I've never <gasps> in my whole go. life. Now take me ice skating. Take my ice skating. Oh, I will, yeah. I will Michelle Kwan. 
<laughs> oh, Yamaguchi, Christy Yamaguchi. Oh, I will double back Lutz, whatever it is, all day long. <laughs> Sow cows. Hello. Yeah, I always no. joke and say that my parents kept me from greatness because <laughs> I should have been a gymnast or an Olympic ice skater. Like, I know this I is facts. I can see it. I, I, I used to do ice robbed. skating lessons. I was robbed. I just want the I world to, to know. I ice skating And I never liked ice skating. Well, I like, I like it. I feel but like I you would have liked hockey. It. I feel like you would have played hockey. And that's what my dad was like. One thing that he's not gonna allow. <laughs> what were you not he's finna like, do? You, he said, We paid for your teeth and they don't need to be knocked out. And I was like, ah. <laughs> Okay. He okay. said, Not my dollar. I said, right. Oh. <laughs> I, I, I paid money for that grill. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, girl, we have to go in New Mexico. I heard it's really good. Okay. Um, I just went for the first time over this winter, like just drove through and like kept really? pushing. But oh, that's right. That's my right. road trip. Uh-huh. Uh, but I will surely listen. I, I'm, I was about to be everywhere this year. And then 2020 said, sit down. So I said, okay. Right. right. I was going, I had a trip to Vegas, Atlanta and Philly. Atlanta got pushed back. It. Vegas got canceled. Uh-huh. And Philly is supposed to be in August, so we'll see. But I'm about to get flued out all over this country. Come on, flued. And then COVID yeah. said, you know what, girl? You good. COVID said, have a seat. Relax. Calm your hot ass. So tell us a little <laughs> bit about you. I know you, but tell tell my listeners. You are from Connecticut. You got married. I got married. Okay, yeah, were, so. <laughs> been married. Uh- <laughs> I am married. Like, we thought about it the other day. But anyway, I got married at, like, what, 25. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a baby by 26. Uh, had my second baby by 30. No, 29. 29. Y'all, like, I had no chance. Like, my husband, he knew what he was doing. He said, calm your hot ass. Yeah. And now, boom. to be fair, Andrew is real country and three years older than Liz. So, like yeah, you said, Andrew's he, old. like, range you in. <laughs> My You're husband, just 90. <laughs> my husband, bless him. He is a very calm old man. Mm-hmm. Um, like old man, like rocking chair on the like porch, comedically drinking. old. Like Andrew's in yes. really great shape. <laughs> he <laughs> he looks man. very. He looks so young. And then yeah. you talk to him like, oh, you were like 90. Okay. Oh, you know, hard times from the Great <laughs> Depression. I like that. But um, Andrew and I, we, we had like a, it was a fun start. Um, it got a little dicey in the middle. Um, the fun being, we got to learn about each other fairly quickly. Like when we first met, it was through mutual friends. It was a blind date on my end, but he already knew what I was looking like and all this good stuff. Yeah, it was wild. Like I literally was like, I don't know who this guy is, whatever. And then when I chopped it up with my friend who was hooking us up, Andrew was actually standing there the whole time, and I didn't realize who he was. He got in the elevator with us, and I was like, yo, who is this weird-ass dude that just keeps following us around? We went to my homeboy's room and was chilling, and I was like, yo, where's the dude that he was hooking me up with? And then, like, Andrew comes back downstairs, and he was like, see right there. And I was was like, it Malcolm? This? Yes, it was Malcolm. Oh, Malcolm okay. was like, yo, Explain right so much, because forget an intro. So- for real like not no hey this is such and such or he didn't even say hey i'm so and so it literally was just like a lurker <laughs> and then like and then even to this him. day and then i married him and had babies and, <laughs> and trusted him with my life um you know and then you know like we got to know each other fairly quickly like that same weekend that we met mm-hmm. we were supposed to only just hang out one day 
Then it was two days. Then it was that third day. I lost my car keys and he had to bring me home. Like it was so embarrassing. I did. Loki, I did. <laughs> and then like I, I got him into my room and I just I made him mine that day. I definitely put my stamp on it. Um, but because um, it was funny, we get all the way up from DC to Baltimore. I was living in Baltimore at the time. Uh, we get all the way up from DC to Baltimore. And he took my forty dollars. <gasps> oh my goodness! This man. I offered now. him. I offered him money for gas, right? And forty-five minute drive is not forty dollars worth. That's a full tank of gas, right? So Andrew used to drive this old school caddy, you know, because it's Andrew. And um, <laughs> like it was like a ninety-two Cadillac. So oh. imagine that, like leather, blue leather seats, a blue boat. cloth. Yes. About white, it was white with a blue uh, cloth top. <laughs> Stop it! <laughs> so bad. Uh, thank God he doesn't have that anymore. Um, but he drove us home, or drove me home, and then I went to the gas station and I was like, "Oh, here, here's some cash." And I thought he was gonna be like, "No, you're good." And he was like, "Okay, thanks." <laughs> In these times. Right, and I'm poor. I'm broke by broke over here, scraggling forty dollars out of the freaking ATM, hoping it goes through. And you just thank you, thank you, right in your pocket. Like what the hell? But anyway, so we got to know each other really fast, and um, he kind of, he kind of didn't really like the type of jobs that I would acquire mm-hmm. because it's so in the community and it's so um, hands on, and he considers them not safe, but whatever. Um, when I went to DC and I started working, I was working literally in the projects. Like my office was an old apartment mm-hmm. in this huge project development um, that's very known um, out in DC. And if anyone, if you've ever been to DC, which you should go, it's fun. Um, it's considered Chocolate City. Um, historically speaking, the free slaves would move up there and, you know. Run that shit. Yeah, it, it used to be Chocolate City. Now it's not. Um, but the population is still majority black. The way that they've divided um, DC up is like you have Northeast, Southeast, Northwest, Southwest. Southeast DC is where the majority of the black people live, and it's the scariest. And it's not the scariest, but it's it's a lot of things that happen there. And mm-hmm. It's very deadly over there. Anyway. So I worked in the projects in the Southeast, right? Cool. So every, the, the police would call our office and let them know we're, we're going to have a raid at a certain hour so that we had to leave the gates because there's only, there's gates that surround the project development and they lock it and they'll raid all the buildings. Oh, shit. So if you're stuck there, you're stuck there until it's done. You get what I'm saying? hmm So um, <laughs> he was like, why do you got to work here? Like, why? Why? I was like, I gotta be with my community, bro. Like, I gotta be amongst my people. You a Shola now? Hey, right. <laughs> Just, you hear me? You uh-huh. hear me down here working on the west side? West side? Like, Stop. oh my God. Every day I go and they're like, oh, oh Miss Johnson, like, come on, yo. Like, come. and I'm like, I, oh my God. Your Cuban side's coming. They knew it. They felt it. Cute. Yeah, they felt it. And they see my little flag on my desk. <laughs> And I'm like, hey, miss, miss. And I'm like, oh, shit. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so he didn't really like that. And, you know, but I loved it. 
right. like I loved being in the community and he's not he's not a, a social feelings type of guy he's a numbers guy mm. so he doesn't understand being in the community you see a lot of things and you see what's wrong and you see what's right right you know what I'm saying like his eyes like in my brain right now dealing with the people I deal with every single day you have drug dealers and then you have people that are trying to survive and the way mm. that they're making their income is by selling drugs because it's the easiest way right. and it's the quickest because they have a family to feed he doesn't see that back end no. you know what I'm saying like he just sees drug dealers bad mm. I see okay I see that you have 12 kids or hell you got one kid unexpected y'all are young you can't really find a job because you have a criminal record. What can you rely on? Right. And I like to be there to show them you have great strength. These these skills that you have with selling drugs are transferable. Right. Marketing. Right. Budgeting. Communications. You know I mean? like, communications. You're like good you, with money. You, you can exactly. measure. <laughs> you are, are baker. You can bake some stuff. <laughs> I literally had one person. He was like cooking crack. And he ended up working at the grocery store in the bakery. Like you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I, because I see it in them. They just need. Husband. They need. A, they need the assistance. I get it. Right. Right. <laughs> you know. So anyway, just being married and having kids is like dumb hard. Like I, th- I, I didn't think it was gonna be that hard. Like this is not for the weak. No. I mean, I'm to so- be fair, I feel. Maybe they're putting on a good act. When I came to visit you right around Christmas, your kids were so chill. I mean, that's them. Dylan is nine. Dylan also, too, up there in age three going on 35. And then Amaya just has an attitude Mm because she's not one. She's 17. It's fine. Right. She just wants to go out with her friends and do her rest (laughs) up. But this is my thing. What you're not going to do is ruin my summer. (laughs) I'm a hot girl summer. I got my belly out. I got plans. (laughs) (laughs) big plan it's just like okay you saw a weekend you saw two days okay you saw two days of fun i saw two days of amaya refusing no to sleep so me you and andrew like filtering around trying to make a good bed you're humming songs i'm popping my titty in her mouth (laughs) andrew's in your paying her back like you know this child is so high maintenance and like my kids are just they're great they're the greatest things i think that has ever happened to me um but it's so like it's draining to give to a person that needs it so much you mm-hmm. get what i'm saying like as an adult you'd be like all right you're good right oh, you didn't eat <laughs> tough right figure it My out kids, i'm like dylan please eat these meatballs come on man <laughs> if you eat these meatballs you can have a cookie if you eat it you get like i gotta compromise with right. this kid because He'll be like, nah, I'm good. I'm not hungry. And then at the middle of the night, he'll be breathing in my face. <laughs> I was like, mommy, can I have some meatballs? Like, bro, what? I'm over here inches away from punching in your throat because I don't know who you are at this moment. And you're asking me for food when, in fact, you should have eaten before. It's mm-hmm. a whole different world that I didn't think that I would be in like so mm-hmm. deep with like i remember when you first got married i was like okay she's gonna get married then have kids like years from now and the next thing i was like i'm pregnant I'm like oh girl less than it okay. baby's here sure he then you had dylan then we had yeah. dylan which that the week before he was due i remember coming <laughs> down and like we did 
everything oh to God, have you go into we labor. Walked. We walked, we swam, we had oh everything spicy God. you could possibly yeah. eat. And she was like, this child, he's not coming. It's fine. He's not coming out. He did not want to come out. And then he got all. here. He was like, what's up? Like <laughs> the, the whole, the oh. whole week, his first week, he just slept. I was like, should I wake him up? Like, do I feed him? Like, I don't, I don't, it, it, it. it was so bad. It was so bad. And then you had Amaya last year, and I'm just like, she got a whole, she's a whole different bird. I'm like, I girl, know. live it up. Amaya came out, like, first off, they're like, whoa, she big. First <laughs> off, my baby ain't big. So what if she was almost nine pounds? Okay. She's healthy. Okay. <laughs> so what? Your they second literally child, nine pounds. My <laughs> second child, and she knows it too. Like, even in her ultrasounds, they were like, whoa, you know, watch her. Like, are you sure there's one in there? I was like, bro, don't don't mess with me. Don't come for her right now. Thank you. But yeah, man, that's that's my life. I just chase after babies. I ask who pooped. Um, Dylan always blames Amaya when in fact he was just tooting. Maya did it. <laughs> no, honey. Go wipe your back. <laughs> well, that's your topic today. You wanted to talk about what exactly? Um, being a black mom it, and ble- being a black female who have different responsibilities and how mm. I, how I navigate the day to day, because me, my day to day may not be the same as your day to day. And it for damn sure is not the same as Sue Ann's day to day. Okay. Um, like I, I feel like once I got married, because I, I traveled so much, I did my thing, like, I was like, oh, I'm, like, that cool, educated, world, world. traveling, yeah. yeah, like, I was that girl where I could hold a conversation about pretty much anything, I eat all the types of food and shit like that, but when I became a wife, that tamed me a lot, when I became a mom, that tamed me even more. Like, I was a girl who had it every two weeks, get her eyebrows done, a new <laughs> outfit. Like, I was that girl because I knew I might be needing my, my possible. Mm-hmm. Once I got married, well, once I was dating, I was like, oh, well, I don't need no eyebrows now. You straight. How did you keep tacky all day? Yeah, man. How did you keep tacky, man? And then, like, once I had Dylan, it was like, do I even need to wear pants today? Like, those memes are me to a T. Like, it's crazy. But then, like, with that and the happiness of having Dylan and having my husband, that happiness kind of diminished because my anxiety and my depression, like, spiked. Um, Once I had Dylan, Donald Trump became president. Mm -hmm. Living in Texas, Donald Trump became president. And instantly, no, no, living in Texas, moved to Florida, then Trump became president. No, 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 it was Texas, and that well, it was literally like weeks before we moved to Florida. Um, You went to Florida that late? I don't know why I thought you lived moved to Florida anyway. Go ahead, (laughs) literally, because I was upset because I did the mail in ballot and I was like, Uh, it didn't count, and I can only do one. (laughs) Um. So I was very upset. And then we were here. We were in Texas and he became president in 2016. And mm-hmm. I was like, fuck my life. But anyway, then you saw the rise in just prejudiceness and racism. Not saying that it was here, but it was pretty dormant in mm-hmm. my eyes. In my rose covered glasses, um, it was pretty dormant. 
Um, but once you have to go to Walmart, and I stopped going to Walmart for certain reasons, but one of the reasons is because anybody fucking goes into Walmart and they do anything. You get what I'm saying? Like, I literally had, when Dylan was little, I was, you know, walking through the baby aisle, I'm trying to grab stuff, and this old white man was following me. And now, I like, <laughs> it's one of those, like, are you, okay, well, I'm gonna keep going. And I turn a corner, he turned a corner. I turned a corner, he turned a corner. And I turned around, and I was like, can I help you? He's like, oh, I just wanna, I just wanna touch your cute little baby, because black babies are so cute. It's so funky. <laughs> And it's like you get taken back by that and then you get angry. Yeah. Because why can't it just be a baby is so mm-hmm. cute? Or this particular baby is so cute. Not black too. Like I've had people say, Oh, you black moms know how to do baby's hair so good with the little bows and the barrettes. What? Mm-hmm. That's, not, that's not even my kid. <laughs> I don't even, you know what I mean? Like I'm yeah. literally just standing here at the park. Like, what are you talking about? So then that increased my like my I don't want to say hatred but like I get in my feelings when I see blatant disrespect towards mm-hmm. anybody anybody of any color coming from a white person mm. like I feel like I gotta like mm, like protect you know I gotta jump in there like I'm Captain Saberhub when in fact I don't need to because I have all this stuff at home yeah. you know what I'm saying so having Andrew be this big black man He's like, he's intimidating when you first meet him, but once he cracks that smile, it's like, oh, okay. Well, Andrew's very muscular. Like, I, Andrew uh, is in the service. Like, he serves our country, so he's, like, very, like, built, and he's also very tall. I'm like, oh, anyway. But, yes, I just want people to get the whole picture. (laughs) Yes, my husband is um, a big black man. Um, He's very muscular. His voice is extremely deep. Um, (laughs) True. So, even when you're in, in... I still have certain East Coast, Northeast mentalities that you cannot have down here in Texas mm. or you cannot have in the South. Such, um, as. such as I like to push the limits when it comes to like window tinting or mm. talking fast or talking with my hands. Yeah. These Southerners don't like when you talk with your hands. Because instantly they feel like you're trying to talk yeah. down to them. And I've learned to kind of like mask my old self, like my Connecticut North self, and use the twang here. Because mm-hmm. it sounds a little softer and it sounds a little nicer. I've, I've been saying yes ma'am more, even if the person's younger than me. Just because down here, it's a way of life. And it took yeah. me so long to figure that out. Yeah. When I'd run around and be like, use guys need to do like they'd be like, Huh? What? I'm not a guy. Like yeah. they get up in arms about that. And it's not me being disrespectful. And I just had this conversation with Andrew the other day. I was like, it's not me be- being disrespectful if I don't say ma'am or sir. I wasn't raised that way. Yep. He was. He's like, yeah. But I'm not Southern. That's fine. But you were raised to say Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Especially when you were getting talked to or reprimanded. Mm-hmm. Because that's their sign of respect. Ours was just don't say what or huh. Mm-hmm. Well, you I have yes. And no. like my family's from the South. So, like I, my grandmother's from Louisiana and my other grandma's from North Carolina. So like I grew up saying y'all, I dropped my Connecticut accent when I moved here. Like y- everyone's like, you're from like Connecticut. I never know. I'm like, yeah, but, like, but if you get me angry enough or drunk enough, 
that Hello. bitch will come sliding out and you won't Ooh, even know. It's that thing, like you said, like even now, like talking to you right now, like I use my hand so much when I talk, period. Like I have to always have something in my hand because it's like, I'm not fidgety. I just like, that's how we communicate back home. See, a hundred percent. I think that was one of the most interesting things. Like when you're like, I'm marrying Andrew. And I was like, y'all are so different. <laughs> and it was like, not bad. It's just like, He's very, like, he speaks very slowly. He yeah. is not a big presence. He's just a very tall person. But you are a big presence. Like, you are right. very, like, like me. Like, we, we've been friends since for 12 years now. Like, just very big personalities. Very similar in the way we talk and hang out. Like, so I'm always like, whenever I'm at your house, my poor Andrew has two of us now. Like, like, he's like, why are you so loud? Like, we're just talking. We're just communicating. <laughs> this is how we talk. What are you talking about? So that's 100% correct. Like, living here and, like, living in Texas. Like, when I moved here, it was the year that Sandra Bland happened. So, like, I was excited to move to Texas. And my family was like, we're happy for you. But we're also, like wanting you to know that this stuff is happening yeah right i mean that happened and that i think at that point that's what spiked my anxiety the most because she just got pulled over bro Mm -hmm. like in connecticut you get pulled over you drop a couple names and boom you're gone right i used to drop my mom's name my uncle's name my cousin's name and they're like oh okay all right Mm -hmm. well you're good and here I got pulled over one time on the highway and I was so scared and I had my son in the car and I instantly just started crying and the officer was like, what happened? What's wrong with you? Like, I mean, he wasn't being combative. It seemed like he was being concerned. Yeah. But to you're, me, you're, yeah, you're, you're, everything's heightened for you. I was like, just don't kill me. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And he's like, what? A white older gentleman. Like he had the, quintessential i'm a cop from texas like he had his boots on he had his belt strap he had the hat he had that nasty little porn stash like everything was i'm from texas right so in my brain thunder bland pulled over she did i got my baby in the car okay so if i get pulled over and you don't realize that he's in the car you kill me you can shoot me point blank i don't know you know what i mean and then just drive off. And now my baby is just sitting here. Mm-hmm. Or what is it? Like trauma. Like, and that, that's how my brain was working. It was, it was, my imagination would run and my anxiety would run right along with it. And it got to the point where I was just like, I'm not going to leave the house. No, I'm good. He's good. We don't talk to nobody. And if we do, it's just a, that little like weird, hey, or mm-hmm. I just curl my face up. Like, hey, yes, that. And it's just like it's just your mouth move, nothing else on your face yes, changes at all. Nothing, it's just like the yeah, uncomfortableness exactly. of it. Yeah. It was so uncomfortable. And living in that part of Texas, North Texas is not it's not like Austin. It's not like San Antonio. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very white. I like my guns. I like to shoot shit. And I like to fuck my wife. Like that's that was that. <laughs> part of Texas yeah. low-key was at Oklahoma mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. that's where we were yeah. so it was like even though I'm on base I don't know who I'm dealing with like one of our good friends that I mean when President Trump was you know elected and all that stuff they went out and they was running with their flags outside I didn't know that you get what I'm saying like we were good friends mm. not saying that you have to 
not be friends with somebody of a different political party or mm-hmm. a race or anything like that. But like, if you support this man who is about just playing racism mm-hmm. and just being mean, like then you're that. And that's how I see that you're that. Um, so I would kind of really say to myself, but that's not me. I'm mm. not a state to myself type of person. And that wore me down. My depression was so high. Like I would just dro- cry at the drop of a hat. I would just like literally be like a zombie. And I'm just like, no, I'm good. No. Mm. You know, or I'd be on the opposite end. I'm out. I don't talk to anybody, but I'm very like combative, like say something if you want. Like I'm ready. And it got to the point, like, I felt like the tension in my muscles mm. to where, like, it would hurt. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. stuff like that. Like, it's, I don't know if it's PTSD visually, you know, and the and constant mentally. news cycle. And exactly. just being a country that historically has just been awful to Black people and all communities of color, just like, no matter what we do, even if we're in the right, we're still wrong. Like our existence is just always combative. Like we're never given the benefit of the doubt. I was reading something a couple of months ago. I was listening, or I was listening to something about how like black boys after the age of like 12 or 13 are then called black men. Whereas white boys are constantly white boys until they're like 40. Like uh-huh. it's always this yep. like playing to that race thing and it's just oh it was i went to think about like language that's what it was um and just talking about that of like all the good things that are like angel's food cake versus devil's food cake or like you're gonna be blacklisted or blackballed and just like how derogatory language is towards people and communities of color versus how it's very uplifting to people who aren't so yeah a hundred percent i mean and that bothers me too because simple stuff like my son's hair Cutting his hair was a fight for me internally because my son had this huge afro and everyone thought he was so cute. Oh, Dylan. Yeah. When I started braiding his hair, I had to make sure it wasn't straight back Mm. because that's intimidating. Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You you think of a thug, what? Straight backs. So I would make sure it's like cool designs and things like that. When we cut his hair, I I was very upset internally like i i was happy that he was happy for it but if you if you notice uh teachers tend to focus more on black boys Mm. so if my son had this huge hair and that was his like facade and that was his mask like i'm a cute little kid that looks like a q-tip cool that was him and i had to make sure that hair was never dry i had to make sure it was never nappy and needed to have curls because he goes to a predominantly white school Mm. where he has one black teacher miss burpo God, I was so excited. I literally was like, with me, you never part. Like, when I saw her, she's the main teacher, then there's a Hispanic teacher, and then there's a white teacher. Mm-hmm. My son has gravitated towards white people a lot mm-hmm. because at daycare back in Florida, he grew up with white kids. Here, same thing. And it's not like he doesn't like playing with black kids because he loves playing with everybody. But when he'll say, like, oh, my favorite teacher is so-and-so, or my favorite, and I, you know, if that's your thing, then that's your thing, but I want you to love us, Mm -hmm. so when we cut his hair, I was nervous because he did not look innocent anymore, Mm -hmm. like, it wasn't like, oh, Dylan, you're still really, like, he's still a cute kid, but he, in my brain, I was like, yo, you look 16, bro, 
and you're three. Like, that's how I have to play things. And like working in law enforcement now, you see they have open conversations about, yeah, this motherfucker did this. And I told his black ass to da 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 da. And I'm like, bro, what did you say? You know what I'm saying? So what if you're Mexican? You don't use the N-word. If I can't use the N-word at work, you for damn sure can use the N-word at work. Okay? And, like, they'll say that stuff, or they'll say, yo, stop wanting, like, dealing with parolees, you have to understand, this is a very, it's a very um, intimate and tough time that we have with these parolees, because we're always in their face. We always have to make them do things. And they have to abide by it, because guess what? I hold your freedom in my hand. Mm -hmm. If for any reason I feel like you're violating, I throw in my little violation report and your ass is back to jail. And that means you're away from your family, you're away from your job if you have one, and you're away from everybody. And then you go back. So I try to encourage my folks as much as possible. But then you have this whole mentality like, okay, I don't want to be that Mamie where it's like, yeah, baby, come on, rest your mm. head on my tip. Like, that's not what I'm doing. I'm showing you that these white folks don't care about you. Hell, even the Mexican folks don't even care about you. You need to get your shit together. And it doesn't help that I am very boisterous when it comes to race and inequality. Um, I'll talk about it every right. five minutes Same. if I could. But me being a woman of color, with locks, like very natural hair, very black. Our family is bligidy black, okay? <laughs> so with just being like that, it's like, I don't know. It, 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 it seems like a lot of people are intimidated mm-hmm. by me, by my family. And it's, it's not that we're being like power to the people. It's just who we are. We see what's wrong, we make it right. We try to make everybody happy. But I found myself doing this tap dance around certain people and then me kicking off the shoes with other people. Mm -hmm. I don't like to code switch that much, but I realized growing up, you have to code switch so much. Which we'll talk about after the break. And we're back. Liz and I are going to continue talking about code switching. Take it away. (laughs) So yeah, code switching, um, for those of people who don't know what code switching is, um, you're one way with the folks you're comfortable with, your friends, your families, folks that look like you. And then you're another way in a professional setting or around people that aren't Mm -hmm. your same kind. Um, And I'll have conversations with people if I'm talking to a, like a professional, like another agency, I will make sure I say, hi, this is Officer Elizabeth Johnson. I am trying to blah, 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 blah in regards to blah. Like I use those $5 words. I drop them in there because if I call them like, hey, I'm looking for such and such, they're going to be like, huh, what? Mm-hmm. I make sure you know I'm educated. Although yeah. you have to have a degree to have this job, that don't mean nothing. Right. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, it, it gets tiring. And my husband doesn't really have to code switch because he just has that same 
mentality, that same even kill, you know, that demeanor. His conversation's the same from this person and this person. Like he doesn't curse as much. He doesn't, you know, use derogatory terms. Like the N word to me with with my friends and family is like one of my favorite words. It's mm. like a word a endearment. It's like an adjective. It's a noun. It's a verb. Like it's one of my favorite words to use. See, I and never use not- it. Really? I never. use it all the time. I never use it. And a friend and I had this conversation as to why. And I think it's just like my grandmother was really big in the civil rights movement. So she Mm -hmm. hated it. And so like my dad and his his brother never grew up saying it. And then like my mom's side is from the South. So like they never said it. Right. And so like I've just never was around people who said it. Like even being in a very black family, none Mm -hmm. of us ever said it. But like a person I used to date, they were like, they're like, I feel like you're policing me. I was like, no, it just makes me uncomfortable because it's not something I'm used to hearing. Like for me, even right. like being a black person in a very predominantly black family, we're a very mm-hmm. educated black family. Like my family has a lot of privilege. Like we've all been educated or had like all these opportunities. Mm-hmm. And so like, it's this, we just never used it and not saying people who yeah. are educated don't use it, but it's just like something we never grew up saying. And so like, it yeah. wasn't, it's not me policing your language. It's just like, I didn't grow up saying it. Like, I'm not saying you yeah. can't say it. I'm just like, it's not for me. That's like the ma'am and sir thing. I didn't grow oh, up saying yeah. that. I grew up in you know mean? country up north. <laughs> yeah. Right. I didn't I didn't grow up saying that at all. But it's just more or less of like I say it because one, you're me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like we're brothers, we're sisters, no matter how it how how distant we can be. And I'm not using it out of negativity. I'm using it in unity like i don't mm-hmm. I, I, it, it makes sense yeah, yeah. Like, we're being familiar and i'm not randomly just like oh nigga, nigga, nigga. like i'm mm-hmm. not gonna do that that's weird but once we cross that threshold of us being acquaintances to friends to best friends to whatever we're comfortable with each other then cool you get what i'm saying like mm-hmm. that's just a conversation and then andrew does not like that word at all i called him the n-word the other day he's like first off i am not do not call me that. And I'm like, whoa, check. <laughs> Won't call you that anymore. <laughs> like there's certain things that he said to me and I have to, being who I am, I try to respect everybody at every level they're at. Mm-hmm. So he's told me before, like, I, you know how you joke around like, <laughs> your mother? Remember that? Mm-hmm. No, no, no. We don't do that here. <laughs> I was like, don't you ever talk. Like he like, like got big like it was very upset and I was just like I literally was like lol like that's a joke (laughs) and ever since then right ever since then nope I don't say it Mm. so I I try to respect everybody at the level that they're at especially when they say I don't like something Mm -hmm. and I feel like a lot of people don't hear and I say this all the time since this COVID-19 stuff happened I used to always tell people, yo, back up. Why are you so close to me? Cover your mouth when you're coughing. That's nasty. I don't want any of that, especially when my kids, like, especially in the grocery store. Oh, my God. Old people. (laughs) And it just seems to me, you can call me racist or whatever, but, like, it seems to me that people who are not of any minority color group or any color group, um, tend to feel that they can do what they want to do they tend to feel that they can talk to whomever however whenever 
they tend like I, I getting a taco I was so mad it ruined my whole day I woke up I did my yoga I had a good day <laughs> I go and do my get my taco my breakfast taco at my breakfast taco spot and homegirl was mad because the man was like okay well I have to make you a special like your separate one because the grill just turned on mm-hmm. so she's like why why he was like well the grill's not hot so I have to make it in a different grill so it's I'm gonna be in the back because you could see where the grill is and yeah. they like for people to see them cook and all this other stuff so he started talking Spanish to one of the cooks in the backpack and she's like I don't trust you give me my money back yes I was like hold on there like you're in their establishment he mm-hmm. explained to you why he has to do this he he doesn't need to speak English for you to be comfortable mm-hmm. this is his establishment it is a Mexican restaurant why would you think that it's okay like why are you making him do things and snatching money and doing this so it was, she left and it was my turn to order and I'm talking to the the distributor for their tea and coffee because like oh wow like this is I like this tea like it's a Tazo Tazo mm-hmm. whatever they came in and they were you know doing I was like wow man this is my favorite you know I try to whoop 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 him so he's like oh there's free tea but he was like um yeah we're talking and homegirl cut in front of me and was so close to me and was like no you owe me more money than that I said, wait a minute, home. This, this, this is my turn. You can say, excuse me. And then, well, he owes me money. Girl, you walked out. Mm-hmm. He don't owe you shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, so not only are you crossing it's boundaries with my space, it's a privilege. And like, my friend is going to write her dissertation and I'm going to broadcast this as long as I can talk. Her dissertation is privilege without a pot to piss in. Okay. Mm-hmm. Very good. Because we worked with the homeless population for a long time in Florida, her and I kind of just looked around and was like, bro, like black people come in because we did a lot with like housing and trying to find them housing and stuff like that. And these people were like, hey, can you just pay my electric bill one time? And I got it. Black people tend to make a way out of no way. Mm-hmm. Whereas we had folks who were homeless for umpteen years come into our food bank and talk so foul to our food bank workers what this is whole wheat i like white bread first off bruh you don't even have a freaking pantry to put it in Mm. hell you don't even have a refrigerator to put it on and you're sitting here cussing and fussing and it's okay but i had this black client that said i'm allergic to peanut butter well you didn't write it down on the paper why are you yelling at him? He's saying he's allergic to peanut butter. And mm-hmm. now you're calling the police because he's getting upset? Like, he's matching your level right. of upsetness. So now you call the police when homeboy just literally came in and was cussing and fussing at y'all because you did whole wheat bread instead of white. The That, to me, was an eye-opener. Like, no matter where you go, because Connecticut's predominantly white, and you got money. Old money versus country money Mm. is different very very different and that hurts to see it and like I want my son and I want my daughter to be so like full of life and I want them to have this stuff but in reality we can't 
because I personally, my anxiety is way too high. I, I will never let my child just like hang out somewhere. No, no, no. Mm. I need to know where you're at. And it, when my mom did it to me, I was like, you never let me have no fun. But now I realize it because shit is out there. Mm-hmm. Kids are every five minutes is a kid missing. I got three ambulances today. I was like, me too. Let's be inside. I was like, whoa, and this is like right down the street. Mm-hmm. I had, um, there was a flash notice coming up that this man, we get flash notice of, of the offenders when they're out, meaning they committed a new crime and mm-hmm. we need to hurry up and get this warrant. A man, um, it was a hate crime, so he's going down for a minute, um, chased these black kids down the street with a rope, telling him he's going to string them up because they walked on his grass mind you it's not even his home okay so that to me and these kids are like eight or nine. Oh my god yeah right so to me like my son after we cut his hair he doesn't look three people have asked me how old is he six or seven he's three he's a little taller cool and i don't know if you know this but black girls are always perceived older mm-hmm. than what they are like well it's like hurts my heart growing up like don't be fast it's like i'm seven like it's not I'm my seven. fault that they are looking at me Thank i'm you. seven i can't control what i look like but you can control the fact that this person is looking at me yeah exactly this old pervert is over here gawking at me but you don't I'm in my you don't be suit. fast right yeah don't, don't wear fast. that oh girl oh i used to hate that we got company coming over Mm-mm. You got to change your clothes. But this is my house. Mm-hmm. I if I want to be in my pajamas, thank you. They're coming to my house. <laughs> Let me be in my pajamas. And it's like a t-shirt and some shorts. Like, just because you know this person's a pervert, you should not have this person in the home. And that's mm-hmm. what I've, because I was molested as a child. Mm-hmm. Like, it was tough. And it was, I mean, granted, I didn't really know them like that. But it was like, Oh, this is so and so. This is the family friend. This is da 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 da. So you you your parents say this, and it's like okay, cool. Like, yay, you're you're safe. You're a safe person. And when you're not a safe person anymore, and it's just like, oh well, this person touched my butt, or this person did this, and they're like, huh? Oh, okay. And they 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 show that concern, but they don't act on the concern. Mm-hmm. And I said I will never have that for my child. So, of course, normal parents drop their kids off to school and be done. I have to have a mantra with my son and my kid, my daughter. All right, we're going to turn our listening ear. No, we say our prayer. Thank you for waking us up this morning. We pray for safety. We pray to have fun and learn a lot. We pray that we use our ears for, and I have to stop because then he'll answer. I'm like, we use our ears for, and he's like, listening. And I'm like, turn them on, click. Like, I have to do all this stuff because, God forbid, if I hear, well, Dylan's been acting out, what's the next step? Suspension? Mm. You know what I mean? Like, and what's the step after that? And the prison, the pipeline is. I was just about to say that. It is too close. Mm -hmm. It is too close. Third grade? Mm -hmm. Third grade? You're not even living. Like, you're not even able to make conscientious decisions at third grade they discount our kids so quickly and i was the other day watching a video about this one black girl who just graduated who got into like harvard yale 
Stanford, like a bunch of different wow. schools. And people are like, oh, this is fascinating. I'm like, oh, no, this happens all the time. Just y'all don't care when it's kids of color. Y'all don't care that we are some probably the smartest people. Like like you're saying, we make not, something out of nothing all the time. Like all the time. I was thinking like during this COVID, like people like going out and bar- and like shopping really crazy. I'm like, I've been stocked up forever. Like just because my family is always like that. Like we've always my had, freezer like, is always filled with milk, meat, dry goods, milk, all that. Th- yes. Right, toilet paper, cleaning supplies. I'm like, y'all don't have this in your house already. What do you? People are like, I don't, I can't find soap. I'm like, what do you mean you can't find soap? I get, I get a thing of soap every time I go to the store. Like, thank you. If it's on day before, right? I don't need it, but oh, you have to always have God. it, so you don't need it. Like thinking about the resilience of Black and Brown people in this country because that's what we've always had to do. Because we were never given a leg up. Nope. I, w- I attended today, um, being a new leaders council, I attended our like undoing racism training we do like every year. Mm-hmm. And they were talking like about all that of like when they used to like being like indentured servants and how like if you had white and black indentured servants, like in order to stop them from like connecting, it would be like, listen, if you as a white servant run away with a black servant, you're serving the rest of because it'd be like you would you would work for this family. They'd pay your debt. You'd come work for them for mm-hmm. a couple of years, right? But then they had white and black ones, and so like if okay. they, those two got together and they were found or like they got caught, they would say to the white person, "Listen, if you run away with this person of color and you are both caught, you are serving not only the rest of your term but also their term." So they wow. Stop so the people like would stop hanging out, stop falling in love, stop out of fear. Other people out of fear. So it's also that too. Like there's been so many things institutionally put into effect so that people of color never get a chance to thrive. Right, I, and and I've always said that too. Like institutional racism is more than just black school, white school. Mm-hmm. Even to this day, we live on one side of the train tracks. And it's still the same, although our neighborhood is brand new. We live on one side of the train tracks, and on the other side of the train tracks are trailers, um, run-down apartment complexes. And it, you could tell you, but we tried to get it. Like, we, we joked and said that, but it, it's so prevalent. Like, it's so real that it bothers me. And then when we were buying our house, I had to make sure that we had a black realtor. I had to make sure she looked like me because I don't want someone to take advantage of us. Mm. When we bought our house in Florida, I had to make sure she was either black or Latina because I didn't want to be taken advantage of. Mm. My neighbors had a white realtor. They have to pay their HOA. They had higher, their house costs more than our house. And we have, uh, I'm going to say a hundred more square footage than them. Because their realtor was like, just sign the line. Just sign on the line. Mm. You need a house. Just do it. Do it. She no negotiation, no nothing. And they're black, young from Louisiana. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I have to take these extra steps to just feel comfortable. And I, I don't like doing it. But in the society that we live in now, I have to do it. Mm-hmm. I have to make sure when I go to the park, I got to count how many white people, how many black people, how many cars, how many of this. If I can find another black kid, I'll sit by the, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. I shouldn't have, when I tell you my brain works so hard every single day, it's tiring. And Andrew doesn't understand why I get so tired at the end of the day, because I have to make sure 
that my son is dressed appropriately, meaning can't wear too much black, can't wear too much, you know, um, he, every February I do get the, the black history month outfits for the kids. Last year was the name t-shirts with like Carver, Tubman, you know, that, and this one this year had like the pictures of the inventors and it was like a beige kind of, and mm. Amaya had the jumpsuit. It was really cute. Um, but I have to make sure he's not too black. Mm. Like he can't wear, he wore his dashiki one time for picture day. You remember that picture? I do. And Amaya, like the lady who made our dashiki, she made two for me, two for Andrew, and then she made two for Dylan, but in different sizes. And now that we have a Maya, she could wear it as a dress mm-hmm. and she has a bigger size now. So when we were in Florida, he wore his dashiki and everyone was like, wow, what a cool shirt. Like, that's a really cool shirt. And I'm like, wow, are you saying that? Because it's different. It's not his normal Carter's or, mm-hmm. you know, baby gap or whatever. Like, I, I have to dress my children. And I, the way I shop for them, it's like, okay, it can't be. For Amaya, I can't be too tight. So right now she's in two T's. Amaya's not even 15 months, but mm-hmm. she's a big girl. My girl's a slim, <laughs> thick one. So Dylan has to have jeans, but they can't be too baggy. So if they're high waters, they're too short. Like it's so much that I have to think mm-hmm. about. Whereas Andrew just ran out to Walmart and tried to buy him some clothes. I was like, no, you got to take that back because it had too many patches on the jeans mm-hmm. and it looked like too much mm-hmm. going on. Um, um, Amaya stuff, I go to, I mean, I buy my kids the same type of clothes and just different gender or whatever, but it's like, man, even to me, like at work, I try to wear nice, pretty colors. Cause if I wear all black, they'd be like, man, Liz, what's wrong? Hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm just wearing black cause I like black. Right. If you, if I could wear black every single day, I would. Right. But no, there's days that I wear yellow that complement my skin tone mm-hmm. and I smile more because I don't want to come off as intimidating because if my supervisor looks at me, I mean, granted my supervisor is the best. Um, and I work now with more black and brown people than I've ever worked with mm. black in my entire life. Mm-hmm. And I'm so happy to be like, when they gave me this job and they said, okay, you have to go to the academy. You have to pass the academy. I worked so hard so that I can come back because this is the only place that I've ever felt comfortable with. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, when people are like, hey, I'm looking for Miss Johnson, and they see me, they're like, oh, hey, how are you? Da-da-da-da. It's not like, you're Miss Johnson? Mm. You, you? You sure I'm not talking to another Elizabeth Johnson? Like, no, they're like, oh, hey, Miss Johnson, how you doing? Blah, 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 blah. So I felt, and my, the head of our district is black. Our supervisor over the supervisors is black. Mm-hmm. My immediate supervisor is half black, half Mexican. You know what I mean? Like, and it's just, it's great. It's a great place to feel comfortable. But then when I step outside or if I go to a home visit and the person is white, I get more. And I had to explain this to one of my white friends. She's so sweet. She's from Dripping Springs in Austin area. And I was like, I feel more comfortable going to the projects than I will ever do going to the country. Mm, because yeah. you, could, you could string me up a pole in five minutes and not care. You wave the Confederate flag like it's nothing. Y'all probably salute that thing every single morning. But in the hood, I could talk my way out of situations. You and me look the same. 
we could we could we could hash this out real right. quick. And I will I will get to your level, you're gonna get to my level and then I'm gone. Right. White people in the country I had when I was working at CPS, I had a, a gentleman ask me if if I wanted to be what did he say? He was making a fishing net between two trees. Right. And it was it was deep woods. It was pretty you know, panhandle. There's a lot of woods out there. And I'm already like pulling up, Virginia, black car, black windows, black girl, right? I come out and he was like, man, I was looking for somebody to whip today. You need to be in. And I was like, what? And like, when I get nervous, I laugh and I smile even harder. And I was like, what? (laughs) What? He was like, yeah, don't be scared. You need to be in. Wow. Don't be scared. Old white man, big old bushy beard, smoke cigarettes so the beard is yellow, wearing suspenders, and you're making a fishing net. And you ask me this, mm-hmm. I didn't even do the visit. I'm not even setting foot in this house. Nope. Because I may not come out. You know what I'm saying? Like, I shouldn't have that fear. Whereas nope. my white counterparts, they just go in and come out. <laughs> like, it's nothing. Me, I got to worry about this and I got to worry, make sure my music isn't loud and Lord, if my brakes are squeaky, I got to make sure I got gas in the car, cell phone reception, this and this and this and this. And it's, it's so tiring. Yes, it's a checklist every morning. And my husband, because you have the right to carry on this position and I will be carrying. Um, but it, he was like, well, why do you want to do that, Liz? Why? Bro, I'm going literally these people have turned plantations into farm or construction sites and they live there mm-hmm. i may not wedding come venues. home Think wedding venue oh my god if i see another plantation wedding venue you mean to tell me you're gonna get and especially when black people do i love the fact that they love this like country feel and this southern home no but you gotta understand all this bloodshed and all this hatred that seeps into the soil and you're going to start your life mm-hmm. with your partner on this ground? Not I. I was like, mm-mm. So you saw what we got married, girls, right outside the highway. Boop. <laughs> right oh. there. But it was, it's just a lot that I have to deal with. And my anxiety is so high at times. Mm-hmm. Like my one of my um, coworkers, he's actually from Jersey. Um, he's a Puerto Rican from Jersey. And yes, he's like, no, calm down. Thank you. That's what I was like, bro. And he was like, yo, calm down. Like, I didn't say anything. I was just kind of like, <laughs> like, I knew I was freaking out, but I try to keep it as cool as possible. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you got to hold it together. As a black woman, you got to hold it yeah. together. Yeah. You got to be so strong. You got to be strong for you, me, and you have to be, it's, per- it's performative behavior at all times. We're not allowed to ever fall apart. Thank you. The one time, and he kind of like... And he sits behind me. So we mm. have like open row of desks. And we're, we're transitioning to cubicles. We're so behind. But open <laughs> rows of desks. And it's me, a white girl, and then him. And he faces the back of me. Mm-hmm. And he saw me like kind of get up really quick. And I was like, <sighs> and he was like, at least you got it. Calm down. And I looked at him and I was like, okay, <laughs> okay. And that like snapped me back mm-hmm. because I literally was like, <laughs> I gotta do this, I gotta do this, I gotta do that, I gotta go to jail, I gotta do this, I gotta people coming in. 
And he was like, oh, you got it. He's chill. And he can say that because he's a man. And at the end of the day, we praise our men. Mm. And he's a military service member. So everything is thank you for your service, dog. Thank you for your service, man. I really appreciate it. But with me, it's it's like, okay, you need to get this done. Yeah. It's oh, oh you, you have kids at home? I'm sorry. COVID-19? Oh, I'm sorry. Just wash your hands every five minutes. You still got to do these home visits, though. Oh, the office visits? We don't want them in this building, so you could go to their house and do the office visits. Excuse me? You know what I do? I take my little camper chair, put it in the parking lot, I'll meet you in the parking lot. Sign this paper here, <laughs> and you can go. That's the office visit. They want us to go to these people's homes, stay six feet away, and do an office visit. Mm-mm. Are you kidding me? I'm like, that. it's still putting me in danger. Right. And I still bring this home to my kids. They don't care. And it, it bothers me. And then I think that's what makes me more super duper vigilant. You don't care. Mm-hmm. So now I got to act 10 times. Like I got to be like, what's his name? Fish Fisher. He was a chess guy. And he oh. beat like the robot. Don't ask oh, me. and he has a movie. Anyway, I have to be like 20,000 steps ahead of you. Like I have to reenact and act out what if I say it this way how would you react if I say it this way how would you react if I you know what I mean like I have to go through all these different avenues and I'm tired of it I'm so tired Bobby Fisher Bobby Fisher there you go I don't know this fisherman quick goog kind of goog it yes man but it was like I'm tired man yeah and that's what I, I was I'm at a new job I'm one of two like visibly people of color mm-hmm. um recently sort of the in january just switched roles um but realized that i was like exhausted and i think mm-hmm. it's because i'm working with a lot of men mm. all of them are white mm. and they're all over the age of all the make the men in the higher like positions are over the age of 30 and coming from a place where like i basically made my job on my last job like i ran that like the right you did. Machine. You did. <laughs> and so coming here in this new place like i my first month had such imposter syndrome yeah and i always tell people I'm like i'm not a person who just stays in a job for a paycheck like i would rather mm-hmm. be like listen i'm unhappy this isn't really working <laughs> I'm right. about, i'll figure something out and so i went to my supervisor at the time and then our ceo i was like i'm unhappy And I'm probably going to start looking at something else because this isn't for me. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know what that looks like for y'all. This is where I am. And they are like, no, we want you to say, what can we do? But now I'm like doing a lot more than I was before, which is Um, I'm fine. Like, because I'm good at it. Like it's not hard work. It's just so many different projects, but I'm also Mm -hmm. like, it's a lot more work than I was doing in my last position. So, and I bought that up the other day. I was like, we need to, like when we talked pay, like it was a whole thing we talked about. I was like, I'm doing a lot more work and you're going to pay me for it. Hello. Two, I would be a front, like an outward facing person. Of course, you want a woman of color. Of course, a woman with who people hair. who people feel comfortable talking to, and That's being it. here in Austin, like having been here almost four years, like I do a lot of shit, and so a lot of people mm-hmm. know me. And I, I was like, "Are you keeping me because you want me, or what I can offer you?" Right. And that's the thing for me. Like you were when you were saying like what you wear to work, like 
you know me like I never wear like deep cut anything because mm-hmm. I have bigger boobs or right um when I went naturals I was like I don't it's just easier and this is what it is and if you think this is unprofessional that's on you not me and mm-hmm. having those like <laughs> I recently did that like naked shoot for my birthday yeah it was so good and my grandma that. called me she was like I saw a lot of photos on Facebook and I was like uh-huh <laughs> Not little photos. Little, uh huh. She goes, they were beautiful. You just have to let the whole world know what you look like naked. I was like, there were flowers, but like right. in her day, like that goes back to like policing our bodies. Like, mm-hmm. we, black women have always been seen only as sexual beings. Like we aren't right. people, and that right. goes back we're to slavery. Object. You could mm-hmm. rape black women who are your slaves and it was fine get them pregnant who cares well it was it. tuesday another tuesday <laughs> it's just a 9 a.m breakfast like you yeah could just go and do this coffee do a little raping and yeah. i think about that now of like trying to reclaim my body and be like this was my step towards that and like being very unapologetic but like the last couple months like people have been asked like do you think you'll like settle down and get married and like with me the last few people i dated were black people and it was just like such a different thing mm-hmm. to date someone who just like got it right like, one of my it's ex- a little easier right? ex- was like do you have friends of color and at first I was annoyed because I was like I actually have a lot of them you just haven't met them yet but mm-hmm. it's that thing of like me being very educated I talk very white air quotes but then like right. i'm brianna with an o and my last name is jenkins and it's like bitch you know i'm black <laughs> like there's no you know andrew andrew calls you brianna right? uh, i love it I, <laughs> it's my favorite thing honestly <laughs> but it's that too of like mm-hmm. people are like why do you go by brie and i was like i was listening to an actress who was on uh, orange is the new black who played crazy eyes and how her oh, mom yeah. like, wouldn't let her go by a nickname for a very long time mm-hmm. and i'm like i'm not ashamed to be brianna with a no i'm just sick of correcting y'all every single time <laughs> so right. here we are. like i was like i'm very happy to be black like i think black people are some of the most resilient people if not the mm-hmm. most resilient people i'm like and that's why i like make it very clear in everything i do like i am a queer black woman like i want you to know from jump like I'm never gonna push away from that and it makes white people very uncomfortable because I was like I'll talk about race all day and like Mm -hmm. I talked about it before like my old job my boss one day was just like well I don't really think the president is really concerned about like queer people it was some long conversation we had I'm gonna like butcher it now but essentially he was erasing the experiences of black and brown queer people and I was like you as a white person can do that but me as a queer yes. black person sitting next to you, I'm going to let it? you know. Mm-hmm. I'm going to let you know it affects a lot of people, but you don't have to worry about that. I need you to understand that. I'm going to call you out about it right now in a staff meeting because I right. want you to be uncomfortable and never fucking forget it again. But right. Don't try me, bitch. It's that thing of like having to constantly work and validate our experiences and make it make it digestible for people who aren't as like, so they'll give a shit, honestly. Like, which I think is another reason why I started this show is just like, I want to give space to a lot of people who aren't given space, who don't have people to have this conversation with or who wouldn't go out and ask because they feel uncomfortable asking. Right. So yeah, that was my summary of our whole conversation because I've been like trying to wrap up what I've been feeling and I'm just like, you know me and you could talk about this all day. I mean, we've been friends right. for 12 years. We've been talking about it for 12 years. But it's right. just like you having your kids and like talking to you after you had 
um, Dylan. And now with, like I was saying, like Marcus, my godson being 11 now, Marcus is very tall. His voice has changed. I'm <sighs> petrified every time my sister calls me. Yeah. Because Marcus doesn't look 12. He doesn't look 12. Right. Marcus, Marcus looks older than I do. <laughs> like, he's just very yeah. tall. He's a very, he's a cute kid, like very light skin. These yeah. greenish gray eyes. Like he's about the height of, he's probably about like five, eight, five, nine. Like he's tall. Oh he's tall. God. He's, he's almost he's as tall as Aaliyah. Than me. He's, al- he's taller than me. He's almost the height of Aaliyah. And I'm just like oh petrified every single time. So I'm just like, he's a black boy living in yeah. New Haven. Well, ah outside of new haven now but still new haven county yeah which is just like i mean gun wave in new haven like you just never yeah it's i give credit to parents period but parents of children who are black or brown or any sort of color that is not white because it's like not only do you have to worry about like all the day in and day out stuff but now you're also your kid is a target period just for not being white Mm-hmm. and my and like kid you're saying like dylan not having his cute little fro anymore like <sighs> now he's a grown-ass man because he's three with no hair he's like three with no hair and he did say he wants his braids back so we're we're working on getting growing back. Back. i'm but literally surprised he didn't ask for dreads he did say he wants hair like mine but then i went off to the academy and dad was like nah i'm gonna pick this out and just shaved it off so yeah but think about your nephew He's light mm-hmm. with light eyes. Mm-hmm. That is acceptable because if you do that, his closeness, to, his closeness to whiteness. Yeah, right. I got these blackly black, black, black babies. I mean, and the I, twins, Cameron and Carter. Cameron being very light skin, and Carter being no, switch that. Cameron being yeah. very dark skin, Carter being very light skin. Yeah, go ahead though. They're gonna have different experiences. Yeah, like even my cousins yeah. who are light skin, and I'm like well you don't understand because da, 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 da. and they're like no you don't understand because i have to do that am i black am i white am i this am i that that's a whole internal conflict right but with my kids right now even playing with the next door neighbor's kids because they're very fair they're creoles so mm. they have they almost look white and then the daddy's half white so that baby is literally clear um <laughs> and playing with the maya I see people gravitate more towards mm-hmm. Sana than Amaya. And not saying they're adorable babies. Like oh, both of them I are know. pretty cute. So, so cute. even when we go out, a lot of people gravitate towards talking to Siobhan and Sana over me and Amaya. And it's not like a, it's because they're more comfortable. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? You look closer to me than this one over here. So I'm going to focus on talking to you and have full-blown conversations. And we're trying to eat. And I'm just like, okay, well, I'm going to eat over here by myself. Oh, shit. Sorry. What? I just had an epiphany. So last, sorry, not to interrupt you, but I was on a, oh, I was on a FaceTime last night with a friend. And so my friend, my friend, Roger, his dad was black. His mom's Puerto Rican. So Roger's very mm-hmm. fair skin. And then our friend, Lon, right. is like very dark. And so, like, the three of us are, like, really close. They're both from New York. You have to meet them. It's a whole thing. Yeah. They, live um, they live here. They live here. We're, we're, oh, having, yeah. we're on a FaceTime, and Roger says something, and I agreed. And Lons goes, that's that light-skinned stuff. And I don't ever see myself as light-skinned. But I was like, that's, like, the first time I ever heard that. And I was like, am I 
do I have a, a, a skin privilege? Like, it was the thing that I had to sit with for a minute. Did I get like, the golden ticket? I was like, I'm sorry. I don't. I'm like, I'm brown. Like, I am not light skin. Like, Marcus and Ali are, like, yellow. I'm like, I am. Exactly. I'm at least a, a milk chocolate. Like, there's no. <laughs> but for him to say the last night, and then for you to say, like, your friend, like, people will just talk to her. People gravitate to me so much. And I'm like, maybe I'm just friendly. And then I'm like, oh, what if it's my skin? So, sorry. That just means they have a whole goddamn opinion. Andrew, Andrew calls me light because he's a shade darker than me. And when I first met his family, and I will never forget this, and I bring it up all the time, and he's like, oh, my God, let's let it go. I sat down with his aunt. So his dad's side, the women are very fair. The mom was Alaskan Native American. The dad was um, African American. But the dad was already fair. So Andrew's dad is the darkest one and he's lighter than me, mm. right? The aunt, they are very, very light. I don't know if you remember this from the wedding. Um, they had the glasses and they kind of mm-hmm. sat at the front table. Very, very light. Homegirl, Aunt Bird, who I love. Aunt Robin is the best. Aunt Bird, Aunt, I'm dead. Aunt Bird, yeah. They call her Bird. But she sat down and we're talking on the um, the porch or whatever. And this is my first time meeting these people. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they have like this big old party. And she looks over and she's talking to me. And she's like, you know, mid-conversation, you know, you're very pretty for a dark-skinned girl. And I instantly rever- like rewound myself to childhood mm-hmm. to where they would call me Black Spider. Um, Pieta, which is a little dark one. Like, like my whole life. Mm-hmm. And you're so pretty for a black girl, period. A, for a black girl. Like mm-hmm. I can't just be pretty. Nope. And I can't just be a black girl. I have to be yeah. pretty for a black girl. And I'm like, bitch. <laughs> and and growing up, like when I tell you it was like in a movie where my whole life rewound with the noise and everything. Mm-hmm. And I went back that to the That old school day. rewind. Mm-hmm. Yes. I went back to the day where a little girl on the playground told me that um, she wishes when she tans that she can get to my color because then she'll be really cool and be able to dance. So as a kid, I'm like, yeah, I love dancing. Mm. But then when I go home and I tell my mom, like, well, how dark do I get in the summertime? I don't want to be dark in the summer and that summertime came and I was wearing long sleeve shirts and I almost passed out yep so like that self-hatred it took me I want to say I didn't start really loving myself until I went to the Dominican Republic and I saw more and more people looking like me sounding like me spoke a different language like being Afro-Latina and that's when you went to DR in 2020 no I went to DR in 20. 13 okay yeah. oh, um it was being afro-latina it, it's already hard in itself because you're too black to be spanish and you're too spanish to be black so it's mm. that weird line that we have to navigate through and i understand when folks have the biracial you're too white to be black you're too black to be white um I, I get that conflict that they have because growing up in a Western Caribbean Latina family, it's very hard 
to navigate because we look like this. So you immediately think that I am like this. Mm-hmm. When in fact, if I start speaking to you, you're like, what? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like over the time, because I've been so not like bullied, but I've always felt uncomfortable in the skin I'm in. I've, I've always turned into like this chameleon and conform to whatever area I'm at. Mm. So that's why when I'm down in the South, I do have a twang more. I do. I mean, I love sweet tea. I've always loved sweet tea. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, like I do try to emerge myself in the culture, in the Southern culture, so that I do fit in. Because if I start talking about hot dogs, chocolate in the car, that, like that, oh my God, I love the Super Bowl. <laughs> the Super Bowl commercial, did you see it? Mm-hmm. It was that car that parks itself. And every actor that's from Boston, it was like Mark Wahlberg, the girl from Mad TV, Chris, whatever, Captain America. It's like, whoa, that's wicked spot. You see the car? Like, I literally was like, home. Like, My people. Yeah. Oh. Like, I loved it. And I literally almost started crying. Because you don't hear that. You hear people try to do that. Right. Or you hear people try to have a Spanish accent or you see people trying, Spanish people trying to be white or black. Mm-hmm. Like we, we understand that. And that's why I kind of, I appreciated that commercial so much. I was like, oh, like this is their native tongue. But Boston is B-A-W-S-T-E-N. Yeah. It's not B-O-S-T-O-N. It's B-A-W. You better that's say like even now, like I still say talk and coffee. And I was like, what? It's like, you are you going to talk to her? You're not going to talk to her. Like... If like if I talk to you long enough or like other friends back home and then I go out and everyone's like, Who who are you? I'm like, Oh, like <laughs> you just slip back in and you can't like control it. It's just like it's a whole thing. But like you're right. That's the code switching of that too, of like finding where you're you're fitting in and that way you draw real, like less attention to yourself. And I feel that now because Andrew is a duty member. even when he got his promotion, it was all eyes on us. And I don't like that. I never really liked that. Playing sports where I can kind of blend in, but I, I still like, have really? my individuality. Yeah. I don't, I, even the wedding, the wedding was awkward for me because it was you all eyes on us. You wanted the smallest wedding. I didn't want anything. Like know, it, We did a like, J-O-P and I was like, I'm cool. I remember. <laughs> like my mom was like, so you're not going to have a wedding wedding? Like we save money for this shit. And I was like, oh, okay. Like I wanted to just, I love being out there and I have this huge personality and I love talking, but when it's all eyes on me for me, I'm not used to it. Mm-hmm. And that, that was, that was really tough for my husband because he's military and he did the whole drill team where all eyes were on them. That was okay for him. He was fine. He thrived that day. And that's when I really saw, I was like, Oh, okay. Like I know who you are now. But with me, I was like, this is so awkward. Like, they're watching us eat like oh my god I just kept watching you during your wedding and you just kept looking at me like get me out of here I was like I can't I physically cannot move it your mother will kill me if I take you from here right now like we can leave now right like we can go home they can stay we can go home like the the sparklers at the end I was like what the fuck (laughs) like this is ridiculous like it was so much and I try, like I said, I try to blend in now and I try to, you know, talk really sweet, especially if I'm talking to older people. I'm like, hi, miss, or hi, ma'am, may I please speak to, and I, I get that accent and it was, it took a long time to perfect it. So I get mm. actors, 
it's a hard job. Um, <laughs> but it took me a long time to perfect it. And then when I, my, my white girlfriend that's at uh, my job, she's like, man, I never really understand. I, I never really heard your accent until now. Cause we're working together all the mm. time. And we talk about like food a lot, of course, cause I eat all the time. Um, and she's like, man, you're talking about the slus, the slus. <laughs> and I was like, well, I mean, yeah. You like, right. Like, I'm just like, damn. Like, I try to, like, mask it because I don't want to be that outlier yeah. or that person's like, hey, that Connecticut girl or that Northern. I've been called a Yank, a Yankee, and Northerners. Y'all don't know shit. Oh, we don't. Okay. Well, I'm going to keep my, my knowledge in my back pocket. Right. So... And, and Andrew was just like, be yourself, Liz. And I said, okay, I'll be myself. And then the Northerner comes out, and I literally was, like, made fun of in my academy class because they were like, well, Miss Johnson uses her hands all the damn time. You'll know when she upset. You better not have nothing in her way. And, and I literally sat on my hands for the rest of the day. Mm. I'm a grown-ass woman. Why should I feel some type of way about that? Yeah. I am 30 years old. Why should I feel some type of way about this 22 year old talking shit? But yeah. I do. Yeah, yeah, I did. I think I mentioned this in my last episode or two episodes ago. I did a speaking engagement at Texas State, and this one white boy was like, You talked about like asking for a job when you thought you deserved it. How do you feel about paying dues? I'm like, Black people, we paid our dues. Like, there's never going to be a day when my paying dues are ever up. So I'm going to ask for stuff now because. Yeah, I bet. I bet your people. Your people will never like tell me I've done enough. You got to beg, barter, and steal to get a dollar more an hour, even though you've been here for twenty years. I think I like working for the state because it's across the board the same price. Mm. You guys get the same amount of money. You start off with the same. The only time you get more money is if you rank up, mm. and you can go from parole officer one to parole officer twelve, and that's how you will rank up and like. And it's every two years. It's the same amount of money. Hmm. Whereas when I worked in a different sector, nonprofit, Willingly. I ran, I ran the show, pregnant Girl. and all. This little white boy comes in, don't know shit from Shinola, and he's getting salary, and he's getting more money than me. Are you kidding? And the only reason why I found out about that is because I had to get his timesheet. I was like, oh, we got to get timesheets in. This is our last timesheet, so I'm gonna show you how to do it. The supervisor, the assistant director, ran in and was like, oh, no, 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 he's salary, he's fine. And I was like, oh, salary. <laughs> mm -hmm. Same position, everything. Does yeah. less work with me and gets salary payment. Mm -hmm. And I've always, even with job interviews, it's like, do I negotiate? Because I'm just so honored to be here. I'm so honored that you even... Now I know. Oh, we negotiating the shit out of this salary. And if you don't want me, you don't want me. And I, I never had, exactly, I never had that mentality until I felt that wage gap. Like, I didn't even see it. I felt it. Mm -hmm. When she told me, oh, don't worry about it, because homeboy got salary. And I worked my butt off to the day I had a Maya. And y'all rushed me to come back just for this nonsense. Child, please let me get all my little coins and get up out of here that's it i just mm, being black is hard god damn it 
which I think is where we're going to end. <laughs> it's hard. Feedback yeah. is hard. It is hard. Uh, I can't. I do have one last question. And I think this is like really good after this very heavy conversation. At the end of each show, I ask my guest, what is the best advice you were ever given? Or what is a piece of advice you would give to your younger self? So I remember you asking this. So I, I don't, advice I was given, uh, I don't remember that. But if I could talk to little Lizzie right now, I would just tell her, you know, don't let the people who have had bad past hurt you to the mm. point that you can't love yourself to the way that you're supposed to love yourself. Hurt people hurt people. Hello. For the longest. So little Lizzie, hurt people hurt people. Back out of that situation ASAP and love yourself. And use lotion. Oh my God. There was so many times. I <laughs> put lotion on, girl. Okay, you won't get made fun of if you put lotion on. <laughs> we're going to talk about that offline because I got I to yeah, I gotta, I gotta ask questions. <laughs> But yeah. Okay, Thank I'm you gonna, for having. Of course, this was so great. I just, I need you to start your podcast finally. It's just not published. Okay, I just have the episodes just on my iPad. So, this yeah. is me showing you that I have faith, and we need this to happen. This makes me feel better. Okay, so yeah, we'll we'll do an episode then. <laughs> we'll do an episode. I'd be honored. That's it for this week's episode of The Tea with Brie. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at The Tea with Brie. Send me an email at theteawithbrie at gmail.com and visit the website, theteawithbriepodcast.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. Thanks to Mama Duke for our theme music. And then I will talk to y'all next week. Bye. <laughs>